Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. I'm Elena. And I'm Jekinobia. And we're back with episode two of season three. How are you gals doing? How's Aries season been treating you? Aries season has been pretty good. I like this fresh energy that is making me feel like getting off my ass and doing something about my life. Yeah. So I really, (laughs) I really, um, I'm appreciating this energy and really trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. What about you gals? Yeah, I've noticed a lot of like, fuck it, let's just do it, just go for it kind of vibes. So, and I I need that sometimes. So I'm happy for it as well. (laughs) You know, okay, this Aries season, I don't know, it's, it's forcing me to just be a total bitch lately. Like, like, I don't want to be but it's like people (laughs) are walking all over it. And I'm like, that is enough. Yeah, fuck you all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I wonder if that's like Mercury being in Aries as well, because it's just like straight to the point communication. Like if if you're not just bringing me the information that I need, like, let's go. You're out of here. That is really smart, actually. Could be. It's just it's so exhausting. I don't know how fire people do this all (laughs) the time. (laughs) yeah for real I totally know what you mean like uh, I don't know Elena how do you do it all the time yeah Yeah. like telling people to fuck off every day is like uh yes it's it's all about preserving your fucks like am I really gonna like give my energy to this person do they really deserve my fucks right now how about no I'm just gonna let them make an ass Right. Like, I'm just going to let them make an ass of themselves or keep talking out of their ass. And I'm just going to pretend like I'm listening, but I'm not. And I'm going to keep going. And then when I see something that really deserves my fucks, then I'll say something. But like, other than that, but you know what? I saw this video of this girl and she said that Sagittarius is like the anger of all three fire signs in one. Like, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I get that now. I like they have the Aries anger. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Okay. I related a lot to that. I mean, Sag is big energy. So, yeah. I think I'm just going to have to do like the whole, what what would it be? WWED? What would Elena do? Yes. And then that's just going to be my gauge for the next week. I'm going to test the theory. (laughs) I mean, I love the way that you put that, though, because it's like, yeah, if if you're just if you are a fire sign, like you've learned how to handle this, at least you would hope. Right. So, yeah, you got to preserve your fucks. When do you give the fucks? When do you hang on to the fucks for a better situation? Yeah, I love that approach. Yeah, for real. I mean, I have noticed, though, there are a lot of situations requiring fucks. Sure. Yeah. And it's just like. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Just recharge. Yeah. Yes. Just that's recharge. what I did today. Come back. It was so good. Well, as this episode comes out, we will be heading into Taurus season anyways. So hopefully things are, you know, slowing down a little bit. We've got a little bit more Venusian vibes coming in. So we can maybe <sighs> we can I mean, I don't think we're gonna give less fucks, but I think the fucks will be less will be way less fiery. 
which could be good. Excellent. So, yeah. Well, I'm just going to point out that you did promise me these really good beachy vibes. And I'm going to be really sad if they don't come because <laughs> I think they're well deserved at this point. I think they're coming. I think they're coming. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to it. I wanted to check in as well. Has anyone done the spell that Jackanovia recommended on the last episode? Like whether you guys actually planted the seeds or if you've just done it sort of in the metaphorical sense? I did. Yeah. Yes. And I had, I planted, they were older seeds. I was just trying to get rid of them. Right. And most of them actually did not do anything. I'm still waiting. Okay. But, and they were thyme seeds. Yeah. So we'll see. But I'm like, meh, they don't work. They don't work. Yeah. Nice. I'm so glad we're revisiting this again because um, I think I had asked you, Jekanovia, a while back ago, but I think it might have got lost in the chat or I probably misread it or whatever. But I had all these old seeds and I don't know if I could still plant them. Like if our, if they've expired, oh, yeah. they still grow. Okay. Just the, the older they are, the less uh, percentage will be still you know, viable, but I mean, they're still worth planting. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, you know what? Like I should have just went ahead and planted them, but that's okay because I did like um, plant like metaphorical seeds, I guess, like, cause I really want to just start making things for myself. Like I've been wanting to make candles for a long time. Instead of just buying them, I just would rather make them for myself. And yeah. it's a way of just working with my hands. So I just said, fuck it, finally, and ordered all the stuff that I need, which was actually not as much that I thought. And so hopefully I can just start messing around with it next weekend. Oh, so, that'll so. be nice. That's so exciting. I think I saw yeah. that in your stories and I was yeah. like, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited. We'll see. Yeah. You have to share pictures because yes, they're probably going to be please. super cool. Anything you make is always super cool. <gasps> Thank you. Well, a lot of the energy I've been feeling too is like, and not just me, there's other people that have been um, talking about like wanting to do things, but afraid of not it not coming out right or failing or fucking up. But it's like, um, we're not going to be able to perfect something. We have to be able to mess up. And I'm, I've been encouraging um, my daughter all like for a few months now to mess around with different slime recipes because she wants to have a little slime shop. So Aww. she finally perfect. She finally found her like in favorite activator that she likes to make her formula come out nice. And so I'm over here encouraging her to keep trying new things. And she's tried different activators and then she's finally found it something she's good with, but I haven't been following my own advice. So then that's <laughs> when I just decided to say, fuck it. I'm just going to buy the candle shit and yeah, I'm just going to make my own. Do candles. it. So, oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Nice. So how about you? Did you try it out, Jasmine? I, yeah, like in a way for sure. I didn't plant any actual seeds. That's, that's Tyler's thing. He's the, he's the plant guy in the house, but, um, yeah. I have been trying to apply the idea of like being okay with things not working out or things failing in terms of social media because, mm -hmm. and that's been like an ongoing lesson for me for a long time, but I think I finally reached like a pretty good point with it where like, I've just been putting out posts and I don't really care what happens with them anymore, but it's been like really yeah. nice for me to just write stuff and put it together and then just be like, there you go. I don't care what happens with it, but it was good for me in the process. So that's so yeah. good. I mean, so do you I'm still not like, 
oh, I don't, I don't care about Instagram and I don't need the validation. Like I absolutely <laughs> do, but I'm getting better with it for sure. So are you finding that you're enjoying the process of that creative kind of oh, yes. outlet now? Yes. More? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you enjoy the process too, I think it takes the pressure off a lot. Well, and it, yeah. And then it doesn't feel like, because I know I've gotten to points too before where it's like, it feels like it's a chore or it feels like it's something Mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to be doing, quote unquote, whereas like it's been legitimately for me and my creative process. And then, so that almost shifts the framing too, where it's like, it really doesn't matter who likes it or if anybody gets anything from it, I guess, because like it was kind of just for me in a way, but I mean, it's still great when people get stuff from it, obviously, but yeah. So, and I like, I would love to hear from any listeners that have tried this as well. So definitely get back to us. Let us know how it, I, I like how we all did it in different ways. Yeah. Like that was just really cool. So I would love to hear other ways that people were able to exactly. apply that. Yeah. Well, and speaking of some extra lovely listeners, we should right now just take a second to give a shout out to all of our amazing patrons. So we've got Camille, Laura, Heather, Beth, Melissa, and Amelia. Thank you guys so much for all lovely of your love people. and support. Yes. Thank you appreciate it so much we love you yeah and elena has been doing card pulls for everybody that signs up and that is still the so the our promo for the kind of the three card pull did end at the end of airy season but you you still get a one card pull when you sign up so yes and directly from elena who does amazing card pulls uh, if you've seen any of her instagram lives that she yeah. does you know they are so direct and helpful, but still really supportive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really hard balance to reach, but uh, that's that's Thank Elena. you. I love you guys. Well, and I mean, everyone's going to get a little taste of it right now because we're going to pull a card for Taurus season, right? Yes. Yes. Taurus energy is really good energy, I think. I like because, Taurus. You know, we've already, yeah, we've already been fiery and grounded or, uh, you know, inspired and getting shit into action. And then now we're just kind of grounding those ideas and chilling out. Exactly. Taking a rest, eating some good ass food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite part of Taurus season is the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what deck are you using for the card, Paul Elena? So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm using the Everyday Witch Tarot, which I've been really enjoying a lot lately. It's similar to the Rider Waite, but not really. It's just more cooler, like more hip, <laughs> more witchy. Yes. More well, and I think you've inspired right. some people to, I mean, there's at least one listener I know for sure that was inspired to get the Everyday Witch deck. So that's pretty cool. Ooh. Yeah, I'm excited for them because it's it's a good a good deck. Like it's easy. The the images are just like easy on the eyes and they're not hard to like 
like interpret and they're cute and there's cats in every one of them or animals in mostly every one of them. So for um, the Taurus season card pull for this episode is the Ace of Pentacles, which I think is pretty Ooh. cool as having another new beginning. I know. And the Pentacles with Earth, Taurus, the Earth sign. Yeah. And I really like this card. And I think it was in my, one of my earlier posts on Instagram, but I really feel like this is a new beginning for a lot of people. I think they discovered a lot of different sides of themselves in Aries season. And I think they're going to actually use that inspired energy to make something with it and make something happen. Um, so I think with this card, it's like walking along your path and you're stepping out of your comfort zone because I feel like that's what a lot of Aries season energy was too. So I've noticed a lot of people during that time taking a different approach to life in a way or changing something about themselves or trying a new look or uh, going back to something they used to like or something they used to wear or used to resonate with and they're picking it back up and then and, and then making and bringing it back in so I don't I almost feel like it's not about finding something new, but maybe picking back something up and then recreating it again. Mm. And I feel like that's the energy that I keep getting uh, with this Taurus season for the Ace of Pentacles. I like that's that. That's delicious. Yeah, it really is. Thank you. I mean, it's this still it's still card. kind of starting a new journey, but oh, excuse me, I hit puberty here. That's what Taurus <laughs> season will do to you, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh my god it is a new start it is a new start puberty is new yeah but <laughs> you're just revisiting physical, it all over again just like physical. just yeah, yeah like revisiting. I thought I was done with puberty but then life yeah. was like no bitch here let's do this again <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my I don't remember what I was gonna say but that was juicy <laughs> I I love what you're saying Elena and it yeah I mean, I feel like that almost connects with the death card that we're going to talk about a little bit later, too, of of like, you know, yeah. nothing ever fully goes away. Like we kind of repurpose things all throughout life. Right. Like mm. there, there are times when we genuinely say goodbye to certain things or we genuinely release something. But I feel like for the most part, we're always like remixing and composting and kind of just like like you're saying, take, taking something that we used to know and shuffling it and using it in a different way now but yeah I feel like you can also um bring that into the the energy of like a lot of people I've been speaking with right just this last few weeks they've been feeling really defeated I think it has to do with that fiery everybody has to give their fucks out and even though they don't want to right now those kinds of things and I think we're starting to kind of lose sight of our own you know value or skill or you know that thing that makes us us and makes us great so it's almost like finding that, like picking it up out of the ashes and kind of holding it up and taking a really good hard look at it and kind of remembering who the fuck we are. Ooh, so yeah. yeah, that's powerful. I like that. I'm dropping the F-bombs tonight. I am. I apologize. No. <laughs> Do it. Don't no. apologize. I love saying fuck all the time. Do fuck it. is a great fucking word, honestly. It's medicine. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it it is. rolls off the tongue in just good. such a beautiful way. <laughs> This and is I why just hit puberty, people. so I'm allowed to use that word now. I'm really fucking excited. You know what? Thank you. Let's talk about that because today <laughs> my daughter asked me when she can start cussing. And I was like, what the f 
Like, I didn't, I, I didn't even know how to answer that question. I didn't even know. But I get it because sometimes saying fuck feels good. Right. So. Yeah. Did you come I up with an answer her. or you haven't decided yet? Have not decided. Yeah. I have no clue. Like, maybe there's because... a time and a place for right now, you know, like. Right. Right. That's. In our house, we kind of have this unspoken thing. We're not stupid. We know that the kids go to school and probably use a lot of bad words because they hear it at home because it just is what it is. But there's a time and a place and they don't do it in front of us because that's a respect thing. And they know that, you know, you teachers and stuff, you got to watch your mouth. But even um, my oldest, who is uh, 20, 20, 21, 20, 20, (laughs) 21 this year. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so she's 20 and she still will not curse in front of us still to this day. Wow. <laughs> I I mean, I still get funny when I do in front of my parents. I always still feel a little bit like naughty whenever I do it. But I also have to remember yeah. like I'm mid 30s. I can, You're I can do that now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I use fuck like punctuation. It's just yeah. how I was raised and where I live in Canada. Yeah, same. It's not even really a swear word. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. just everybody says it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of true. Um, that well, was a going, fun highway Going to back to the uh, Ace of Pentacles, though, I do also wonder if some of this fiery energy is kind of, it's just burning people out. Like, especially if you're not used to having mm-hmm. that fire I mean, especially with Aries, because it's the first fire sign of the Zodiac. So it comes in really hot and it gets us going. And I think I said this on the last episode, but like burnout can be really real with Aries. So the Ace of Pentacles, I feel like is a very welcome sight too, in the fact that like, okay, now we can slow down. Uh, Like Elena said, we can ground those ideas and that excitement into something real. And there's no rush like the ace mm, makes me feel right. like, oh, okay, it is a long road ahead, but like that's kind of great because we don't have to rush into anything. We can take our time and really like give these projects, give these ideas the attention and nourishment that they deserve. And we don't have to like feel that energetic burnout anymore. I like that. And it's with the ace of pentacles, it's a promising like mm. future ahead. So it's not like you don't have to really be so panicked about slowing down because it's an ace of pentacle. It's an ace. It's tied to abundance and prosperity. So just nurture what you've done in Aries season and yourself, and then pick it back up when you're ready. Yeah. That actually is a really good point too. Like, especially talking about that burnout, it's, it's okay not to do everything all at the same time. One thing at a time, pick up one task, just get through this next five minutes, do that one thing on your to-do list and get it over with. And that's success. Then move on to the next one rather than trying to, you know, do the whole thing all at one time. Yeah, exactly. Which honestly, once we hit Gemini season next month, we'll be able to split and ourselves and multitask a whole bunch. So like save that for them, you know, it's coming. That's good advice. All right. Well, Ace of Pentacles, that is a lovely energy to kick things off with. Shall we head into some mundane magics? Let's do it. What do you have for 
so excited. Okay. Well, okay. So when we got together for planning this episode, probably listeners, I was having a lot of trouble because I was trying to, I had some ideas, but they were very like fluid. And I was like, I know I want to talk about this thing, but I'm not sure how to, you know, blend it in and, and make it apart. And of course the gals had this, you know, light bulb moment for me. And so this is how we're going to tackle it. So since we're going into Taurus season, which is all about that grounding, that earthly, that making the money, that success, that, you know, that abundance career kind of energy, um, I wanted to talk about how to bring mundane magic into your workplace and in your, you know, your workspace, your job, your workaday life. Um, so right off, let's kind of start with the fact that obviously not everybody can comfortably or safely be open about their spirituality at work. Like, it's just a fact. It sucks. So we're going to sidestep like my very strong feelings about an employer's ability to discriminate based on spiritual beliefs, but that's a conversation for another day. Right. Um, Yeah. So first let's look at some ways that you can kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's my girl. I love it. No, but see, see, I love that we are recording this in Aries season though, because like the fiery (laughs) energy is, still 100% here. Like we might be talking about oh, Taurus sure. season, but, yes, sure. yeah. but nope. as recording this, we're not in Taurus season yep. yet. <laughs> but okay. So for the, like at first I want to look at some ways we can be like magical as fuck at work without anybody noticing or raising an eyebrow at us. So we're nice. going to start with essential oils and I'm going to suggest three drops because it's not going to be overpowering, but three, as everybody knows, is a really magical number. So it's just a good place to start. Um, so you can do what I like to do is three drops in the palm of my hand. And then I rub my hands together and I kind of just run it through my hair. Ooh. So as I move through the day, you get like little wisps of it, but it's not overpowering. It's not going to get you, you know, your perfume rules and stuff like that. You'd be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, something else you can do is put three drops on each sock. Uh, and or three drops on your scarf that you're wearing. So these are all just really subtle ways to really carry that energy. So you would want to, of course, plan whatever essential oil you need for your intentions that day. That's all up to you. But these are just really easy, quick, accessible ways to to make it happen. Well, I like the the sock one, especially because like just something with the feet and them being on the ground and the whole grounding energy, like not that it won't work anywhere else, but that just kind of, yeah, that sounded extra nice to me. Yeah. And I've always like, cause yeah, there's the grounding with the feet, but I've always felt like feet kind of drink up energy. So that's Mm -hmm. why socks are just kind of the best spot for me Yeah, or in your shoes, whatever works. Right. I really love that you mentioned the feet because that's where all our like res- our receptor points are all there. So I often rub essential oils on the bottom of my feet before I put on my socks, depending on, like you said, the intention that you need for the day. So that, I love that you, that you mentioned oh, that. That's exciting. See, nice. we're in sync. Yeah. We're in sync. All right. So my next suggestion is cinnamon sprinkles. And that's for your coffee, your tea, your hot chocolate, whatever you drink. Mm-hmm. Everybody puts cinnamon on things. Nobody's going to notice that. But cinnamon is really powerful. It's like abundance and success and career, like attracting opportunities and protection against unfair judgment, which I, I really like, especially in the workplace. Um, and that courage to kind of just be recognized and be seen and not be ashamed of, you know, your own success and your own potential. And it also really tastes amazing. So it's yeah. just a bonus. And again, nobody, you can even take a little shaker of cinnamon and just throw it in your coffee every time you make a coffee at work. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, it's such a, everyone uses cinnamon, so yeah. it's not going to like yeah. 
ping anybody to Under be the like, radar. what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Third on my list would be decor. So like if you need a new mouse pad, try to get a yellow one because it'll help you focus. Um, if you need to, I don't know, curtains for your office, go with blue because that's going to help you kind of, you know, keep your keep your head about you, stay cool, maybe take off some stress or anxiety about work. Uh, you could use flowers for your desk. I would go like lilacs are my favorite, of course, but that's a really good one for, you know, your workspace because it's all about like growth and overcoming challenges and, and you know, bringing some fun into your daily life. So if you have a job that kind of maybe is a little stressful or is mundane, it just kind of brings a little lightness and airiness to your yeah. space. Um, next would be sigils. So you can use moon water. So you can mark a sigil on like your laptop, you know, your screen or your mug or the bottoms of your shoes, but it's water, right? So nobody's going to see it, but you'll know it's there. You can feel it. You'll know the energy's there. And then well, finally- and can we, sorry, oh. but just for anybody that might not even know what a sigil is, can oh. you give like a quick 101 on that? Thank you. So a sigil is, it can be anything. There's no wrong way to make a sigil. So sigil is just a symbol that is meaningful to you. So you decide its intention. So it can be your initials kind of all done up in a cool way or just even written one on top of each other. It can be like, you know, if, if you're trying to lift your mood, a happy face can be a sigil. Yeah. It doesn't have to be difficult. It's very no brainer um, and be as elaborate as you like. Yeah. And I've seen, I mean, there's a ton of either like Instagram posts about it or blog posts about it, but a lot of people yeah. have different suggestions on ways that you can come up with it. But honestly, I mean, like it's, it's such a fun, creative thing that you can just really like go wild with. Like Jack and Obi is saying, it doesn't have to be anything specific, but if you're looking for a place to start, like just honestly Google it and so many suggestions. You get lots of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. There are some really gorgeous sigils out there. Oh yeah. All right. So next on the list is stationary. So try to look at it with fresh eyes. Like your pen is your wand, your day planner is like your grimoire, your bulletin board is your manifestation station. Um, So like you you get the idea, right? So you're choosing these cool tools really carefully. So like you love to look at them, you love to use them because if you don't like looking at them, you're not going to use them as much, right? Yeah. So basically the moral of the story here is like your workspace can be an entire altar and nobody would know it but you. It just depends on how, how you use it. So if you're in a workspace that can be really like more open, like it's, you know, you're not at at risk or anything like that. So you can try a few other things. So there's jewelry, which is, you know, the low hanging fruit, any crystal jewelry or symbols, things that that are meaningful to you. Um, A lot of times, like you could do heirlooms, your family heirlooms, wear those. If you do ancestor work, that's a really good one. Uh, Candles, if you're allowed to burn candles. So you can bless the candle, you can carve a sigil into it, you can use certain colors, put essential oil into it, whatever works for you. If you can't do candles, you could do incense or wax melts, oil burners, um, or those essential oil like diffuser things. I love those. They're always so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next suggestion would be Himalayan salt rock on your desk, which I highly recommend. It neutralizes like the you know, the vibes coming off of your, your laptop and your phone and anything like that. So I really suggest just having one anyway. Um, but it's also really good for grounding you. So especially if you have a job where you're, you know, talking to a lot of people or maybe high stress, it just really helps to ground you in, you know, into the moment. And, and, you know, it's a, it can be a focal point while you're on the phone, maybe a stressful phone call, anything like that. I just highly recommend having one around. They're really useful. Um, and keeping a tarot deck at your desk, 
So you can pull a card daily or like just draw a card to the day as you feel like you need to. But there's a disclaimer here because that can easily become a distraction. So when you're at work, yeah. it is definitely it's <laughs> not the time for like a seven card detailed spread about your love life. It is not the time to do an hour long reading for your coworker. It is literally just for like a quick draw, a quick card. You could do like the the quick three exercise where you just pick those three keywords. So it's it takes discipline if you're going to have the tarot deck. And I mean, I'm speaking from experience that so this is not a judgment thing. This is, I've been there, done that. So just don't make that mistake. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, and then the last suggestion I have is your music. So it can be on your headphones or your speakers, like just pick music that matches the vibe for that day. Um, let it change as often as it needs to, even if throughout the day a few times. And if you're not feeling music, you can try a podcast that isn't going to distract you. Um, and lately, like for me, I've been really into the 1930s and 40s, uh, like the old comedy radio shows. I've always loved them, but I've just kind of gotten back into them recently. So cool. Yeah. So that's my that's my mundane magic for your workspace. Oh, so much goodness in there. I mean, a ton of ideas and this, the the Himalayan rock salt lamp, I feel like that too has become, I mean, I don't want to say mainstream, but I feel like that's like pretty common too at this point yeah. where I think a lot of people could right. get away with it and not have True, it um, right. come across any kind of it, way. It would just be decor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love, I love everything. I love that we're talking about this topic because the more people that I talk to that are either um, just getting into this and just trying to figure out how they can identify with what they believe in and express, um, what they believe in and bring it to work. Um, but also be afraid of what others are going to think and say, my favorite thing is just basically visualization in my car before I get out of my car and I get into the place of work is just protecting myself and putting the shield around me basically that no one's energy is going to affect me and it's just going to bounce back from me to them with love and that's it and that I'm just in the most confident space that I could be for the day and that's my favorite way to be a modern witch without like having a whole ritual before in the morning you know before I go yeah. to work because I, I like to sleep in but I also like to make sure that I stay connected and do what I can do to help myself um, so that's one of the things that I do the most um, pretty much every day is that setting those intentions and then that really quick two to three minute, all you need is two to three, five if you have it, set a timer on your phone and just do a really quick um, visualization of what you want that shield to look like, that barrier. I love that. I think it's important too. I'm really glad you brought that up because it, it kind of brings you back down to what is magic? Magic is actually your intentions. It is your thought because mm -hmm. nothing is powerful unless you put power into it. So right. that's always where it should start. Yes. And your words. And also it could be as simple as your shower. That's your ritual. Mm -hmm. Like you can set the intention that the water that is coming from your shower head is cleansing whatever it is that you need to get rid of, whether it's worry for the day, anxiety, stress, whatever it is, that's your five minute ritual. And then you're going to step out of that bath into your new reality that you have set for yourself. And then when you come home, it's also important to get rid of all the energies that you've picked up um, throughout yeah. the day, whether it is that you work in a high stress environment with coworkers or you just work with a lot of people. Um, it's really important to detach yourself from that. And that's what I learned the hard way 
um, from work is figuring out what works best for me. Is it going to be another shower? Is it going to be straight saging, lighting a candle, um, another meditation where I'm this time I'm cutting cords and then resetting my shield. Like there's just so many different things that I've played with um, yeah. or just taking off my shoes and going outside and putting my feet in my grass or my concrete, whatever works for you. I've tried everything just because <laughs> my job can get so stressful. And I pick up a lot of energy, especially when you, if you're one of those empaths that when you touch people, you can pick up things from them. It's really important to release everything when you get home. So you don't bring it home because all yeah. that energy also gets trapped in your shoes. And so you don't want to bring that into your home as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this advice and even some of the stuff that you mentioned before, Jekinobia, like particularly for people that might not want to be broadcasting it at work. But like even if you're working from home, I mean, I think it's really good to do a lot of these things anyways, because I think it can be really difficult to like separate the workspace from the personal space if you're working at home. Yeah. And just doing a few of these little things, I think, can, I don't know, help you separate those things in a way, um, yeah. keep the energies different if you want them to be. I mean, that's obviously your choice, but I don't know, because yeah. I was just thinking about it as somebody that's always kind of at the same desk, but yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, I mean, I know not everybody has the luxury of having their own room in their home when they work from for home. sure. But as yes. everybody knows, I do work 100% from home all the time. And it, if I don't have a separate room where I can literally close a physical door, I can't shut off from work. Yeah. So I need to have that physical barrier that, you know, that boundary. So if you are someone who, even if you don't work from home, even if you are going to work, you can have that physical boundary, like say, um, as soon as I, I leave the workspace, as soon as I hear that door close behind me at my, you know, whatever store I work at, whatever, yes. that means that work is done. That and breaks I don't think that about, like, part of the spell exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I was so. even thinking of, you know, how you were saying like your pens and stuff can be your wand. And then, I mean, you know, you could even write certain things using that wand to kind of like infuse it into your words, like, yeah. and carrying around a certain piece of paper that says like, I am, while I'm here, I am protected from da, 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 da. You carry that while yeah. you're at work, but then that's a thing that stays at work or it's a thing that you throw out at the end of the day or something like that. So that that's yeah. the energy you're carrying with you there. And then again, that's like not something that you leave with. Yeah. Cool. So, so many much things. Yeah. And I'm sure listeners, you know, people that have been practicing sort of undercover or trying to bring their practice into the into the workspace for years and years also have tips. And I would love to hear other things from our listeners or, you know, if you're trying out some of these suggestions from Jackanovia, like definitely get in touch and let us know. Yeah. Maybe you have like a little covert setup at your desk, like and if you can manage to snap a pic, that might be fun to share. Totally. That would, that would feel so like rebellious. Uh, yeah, I kind of I love, love that. <laughs> yeah, Anything rebellious, I'm up for. So <laughs> send it my way. It. I support yes, it. I support the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, are, do you have tea leaves this month or... I have a confession. I okay. left my tea out on the counter and it's been sitting there steeping and I'm not sure it's going to taste very good. <laughs> so uh, what I will do is... 
I will do some tea leaves, but I'll do it as a separate post on Instagram this month. Okay. So tea leaves in a separate post this month. No biggie, yeah. whatever. Okay. Well, if you gals are ready, then uh, I'm ready to talk about some astrology. If you'll join me. Yes, Let's please. do it. Off in the cosmos. Okay, so the first thing I kind of wanted to touch on was just like a little um, housekeeping from last month's episode. So Jekinovia had asked me how long the energies would kind of be present in the conjunctions that I had been talking about. And I said it kind of depends on how quickly the planets are moving, what planets are involved, all these kinds of things. But what I totally blanked on in the moment is that there's a difference between sign-based aspects and degree-based aspects. So basically, if you use whole sign houses, which I do, I've talked about this before, I mean, anytime a planet moves into a new sign, it's going to be making these aspects with other planets just based on the signs that they're in. But then as they get closer in degree, then they're like perfecting and the energy is getting, you know, bigger and and more potent. So for example, like the Venus-Saturn conjunction that I had been talking about uh, in Aquarius, like once Venus got into Aquarius, it was already sharing that space with Saturn and their energies were already kind of mixing. But it's as they got closer to being at the exact same degree that that energy really peaked and kind of fully, fully Mm. came together. So um, what I said before still stands, but I just wanted to also throw that into the mix, basically. That's a lot of clarity. I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. It just, it feels uh, less black and white and kind of more natural flowy. Yeah. Almost more tolerable because you can kind of like ease yourself into it and knowing that it's going to ease back out after. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's very true though. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad that I, uh, I'm glad I brought that up. So we did already talk a little bit about Taurus season and we do have a whole bonus episode that talks about Taurus energy, but I did just want to say quickly, like when we move into Taurus season, we're moving from that cardinal fire of Aries into fixed earth. So we're like really slowing down. We can really stop and smell the roses. And as we mentioned before, like it's a time to ground and kind of bring form to all of those ideas and excitements that we had in Aries season and start putting in the more long-term work. And like the energy can be a little bit stubborn and immovable, but I, I like to reframe that more as like, Taurus energy knows what it wants and it's not just going to like jump at anything. It's going to like wait for what it actually wants. So yeah, it can be stubborn and a little irritating in that way, but also (laughs) like, you know, it's not, it's just, it's waiting and it knows what it wants and it has its standards and like, that's okay too. So no, I just feel like that would be so accentuated after Aries season, like just like, like, you know, yes. It's so such it don't a shift. Like hitting a brick wall. It is such a shift. Like yeah. cardinal fire, like the spark of life into basically like a rock in the garden. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's good because we're balancing. We need that balance after all yeah. of that movement and fire and possibly burnout in airy season. Yeah. So nice. okay. 
But this year, it's important to note that during Taurus season, the sun will be sharing space with the north node, because right now we have the north node and the south node uh, in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio, respectively there. And anytime a planet shares space with the moon's nodes, things can feel a little agitated, unsettled. With the north node specifically, there's kind of like a hunger and a yearning that we can't really always shake. And so because this is where the nodes are, that marks eclipse season. So that's what I'm going to talk about this month is the eclipses that we have coming up in Taurus and in Scorpio. So let's chat a little bit about eclipses in general first. And so what I want to say, I guess, up front, like, I think I've seen different takes on this and it's okay. We can all have our different takes, but I really highly recommend not doing your typical new and full moon rituals and routines and stuff like that on eclipses because an eclipse like by definition it's it's a break in the normal lunar cycle it's a disruption in the pattern and so it doesn't really have I mean it doesn't have the same energy at all and I don't think it's super favorable for any of those intentions or ceremonies that we would normally want to be doing like it's it's a time to do something different or it's a time I mean because when there is an eclipse there's another planetary body that's like coming in between and blocking the light right so at a solar yeah. eclipse the moon is coming between the earth and the sun and then at a lunar eclipse we have the earth between the moon and the sun so like something is blocking the light something is interrupting that normal lunar energy. So I think it's important that, you know, what do you do when things are dark? Well, you move slower because you can only see what's just in front of you, right? So it's a good time for internal Mm -hmm. work, meditation, shadow work even. Yeah. Go inward, go slow, be cautious. Eclipses are really chaotic. The mileage varies. Like we're going to see even with these two eclipses that I'm going to talk about, like one of them is a lot nicer than the other one. (laughs) And so it'll depend on what else is going on in the sky. But I mean, they can be really the thing. Like I said, like it's a it's a disruption in the regular routine. So things that might normally go one way are going to go the opposite way or they're going to go in an unexpected way. And it can be really physically depleting as well. So I think it's a really important time to just protect our energies and to Lay low a little bit, like and go to and, bed early. Yeah, go to bed early. Don't exhaust yourself on technology. I mean, I don't think taking a bath is gonna like quote unquote fix it, but it's certainly going to be soothing. So yeah, it's an option. Um, but just like with you know new and full moons, like the emotions are intense, but even more so because of the eclipse. So just really important to go slow, be cautious, protect our energy. Yeah. Um, Don't make huge plans. Take some quiet time. Read a book. All those kinds of things. Um, And then one last point about eclipses in general. I, it's like, it's kind of fun, but it's also kind of like, you never know what you're going to get. But like, it's like this eclipse portal energy. So the time between the two eclipses is kind of when stuff that you might normally have access to will probably be out of reach to you. But stuff that's normally out of reach may be within access temporarily. So it's like, it's just kind of this reversal of things, which can be incredibly frustrating because the things that you're used to are like 
out of reach for whatever reason, right? But you might also have access to this thing, like, just out of the blue. And you're like, okay, well, let me take advantage of that. But it also feels weird because it's not the normal routine, right? So, Like a through the looking glass moment. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, like, I mean, look out for the opportunities, but be ready to get no when you usually get yes. Fair enough. Mm. All right. So let's talk about the first uh, eclipse in this set is the partial solar eclipse in Taurus on April 30th. So right at the end of the month, but just about a week after this comes out. Um, Anytime we have a solar eclipse, that's typically when a new moon would be taking place. It becomes an eclipse because it's within 18 degrees of one of the moon's nodes. So this one happens to be taking place close to the north node. And because it's happening in Taurus, that means that it's being ruled by Venus which right now is exalted and very happy over in Pisces. And it's very, very close to its conjunction with Jupiter. Um, and I should say the moon is also exalted in Taurus. So this is the one of the eclipses that's like a little more joyful than usual because like the ruler is in such great condition. It is, It does have some of that new moon energy. So I do think it's like, it's pretty future focused, I think. Like I think there are somewhat hopeful vibes to this eclipse. Uh, Again, going back to the rulership, like Venus being so happy over in Pisces, being so close to Jupiter. Venus and Jupiter are the two like, you know, easeful, joyful, benefic planets. So they can bring us a lot of luck and joy and pleasure and all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think this one will probably be more favorable than the second one I talk about. And For whatever reason, I think it's like, you know, it's still going to have that chaotic energy. Changes are still probably going to be involved because Uranus is also in Taurus at this moment. And Uranus is all about changes as well. And kind of, I mean, it shares a little bit of the same energy as eclipses because they can both cause a kind of upheaval. um, And they tend to bring like the opposite maybe of whatever you're kind of used to. But I think, again, because of the whole Venus and Jupiter of it all, it's like maybe the changes and disruptions and interruptions that come at this eclipse, you're like a little bit a little bit better able to like accept them or roll with them or integrate them somehow just because of that like uh, really favorable rulership, basically. But I will say this, like changes probably are coming. And for the fixed signs where these eclipses are really affecting, like we're fixed signs don't really like change. So <laughs> you might still not like this anyways. Like the changes are coming and you might be like, all right, I see how that's helpful, but like it still sucks and I hate and it. I still don't want to. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> right. um, but it, it does feel like there's some trying new things kind of energy that's in that eclipse as well, which again, like fixed signs might not be about, but like everybody else in the Zodiac is going to be like, great, this eclipse is actually pretty favorable. So your mileage will vary as always, but this is definitely (laughs) the nicer of the two eclipses. So sorry, I had to start with the good news, but now we're going to get into the less good news. I don't want to say bad news, but um, the total lunar eclipse that's happening in Scorpio on May 16th. And so anytime we have a lunar eclipse, that's technically when the full moon would be happening. And this lunar eclipse happens to be near the south node. And the south node is like all about like emptying out, purging, releasing. Mm. One way that I heard the south node explained that really made a lot of sense, and I think it was 
Kelly's 30s was that, like, the South Node doesn't care about material possessions. Like, the South Node could care less about all of the things you have, but it wants to know, like, or it, like, it cares and prioritizes the stuff that you have within. And it's more about, like, a soulful possession in a way. Not, Mm. like, a demonic possession kind of thing, but, like, (laughs) what does your soul possess? What does your spirit possess, you know? I mean, it could could be. (laughs) And it's happening in Scorpio, so, like, who knows? But... But yeah, so, and we get that kind of energy sometimes at a full moon too, like letting go or release work or cleansing Mm -hmm. and purifying. So there's a lot of that happening. And because it's happening in Scorpio, a water sign, I think it's going to be about releasing and purging old emotions and like really releasing and Mm -hmm. detoxing like baggage, patterns with emotional healing. And this is the one where it's like, it's not, you cannot have a bath and let it go. It's like, this is an ongoing story about getting rid of like years of bullshit that is within you. So um, to me, it's like one of those memes that's like what you think a spiritual awakening looks like with like (laughs) butterflies and fucking rainbows and shit. And then what it actually is where you're like stuck in a swamp. Explosions. Okay. (laughs) Like it's not that pretty. The tower car. Yeah, Yeah. Basically. And then like, it's, it's really important that we look to So the ruler of this solar eclipse would be Mars, which at the time will be in Pisces, very, very close to a conjunction with Neptune, which will, like, enhance the dramatic emotional energy by so much. And Scorpio is also where the moon is in fall. The moon doesn't like being there in general. So, like, it's just a lot of things going against this lunar eclipse. and So— we it should just stay like in bed. Fuckery. Yeah. Pretty much stay like, inside. I mean, because Neptune doesn't sound that great with Pisces and Mars. Pisces and Mars just does not sound good to everybody me. Everybody, like, well, the, the thing is, it's like, it's just so much water. Right. Like, we have Pisces, yeah. we have Neptune, we have Scorpio, and then we have like the sometimes very fiery aggression of Mars. Like, you know, Mars right. pushes us to make change. Mars is really good for transformative processes. I don't think it gets enough credit for that. But it's also an angry motherfucker sometimes. And so, like, yeah. yes. in all that water, love it with the eclipse hitting it, with it being so close to Neptune, I also think, like, things are going to feel really foggy and lack clarity. Things might be frustrating, disappointing. I think our energy is going to be really low. And of course, it's going to all depend on where this is in your chart too and the areas of life that it's affecting. But like, honestly, I think don't schedule stuff if you can, if you have the luxury of not scheduling stuff on May 16th, be as chill as possible. And also just like take into account that you're not the only one that this is happening to. Like everybody else is feeling this energy. So compassion, of course, right? Yeah. But I think it's going to be uncomfortable emotions that are coming up for people and they're going to demand our attention and energy. And it's like maybe an emotional congestion. So right now is the time to be like, okay, how do we get this stuff moving? And it's not going to feel great, but like it will eventually down the line, like things that we do today for that issue will feel better in like a year, like don't, it's not going to yeah. feel better in like a week. Okay. Like let's not get it twisted, but yeah. it's going to take a while. Patience. Patience. Yeah. And I just, I got to say like this lunar eclipse is happening at the exact degree of my ascendant in Scorpio. And I have <laughs> zero clue what's coming for me, but I'm really actually excited to report back at our next episode. Cause I think this yeah. is going to be like a huge, like 
I'm living astrology in this moment. And so like, I think it's going to yeah. be fucked up. Like I'm not, I don't have any like <laughs> Jasmine's taking the entire like, week off. I have in my calendar in cap locks, like do not do anything. <laughs> do not go anywhere. Do not schedule anything. Like, I mean, but it is, it's like an opportunity to really find out like, what does an eclipse mean? What does it mean to hit my ascendant? So I'm going to have lots of field notes to report back next month. And anybody that has like, if you're a Taurus rising, Scorpio rising, Leo rising, or Aquarius rising, come talk to me and let's like ride this eclipse together. Okay. Hold hands. Yes. Hug. So that's eclipses. Wow. I know that was a lot. If anybody has questions, please let me know. I can clarify any and all of this. Yeah. So, yeah. I I'm mean, really and, and don't be scared. Like, I mean, I know I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, you guys, it's going to be so intense. Like, it is. But, like, let's just be prepared for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. I, I like how, because a lot of times every when when I hear a lot of people speak about, like, oh, it's, it's a time for purging and release and, you know, healing. And that sounds, in theory amazing. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad that you mentioned that like, that's not pretty though. Like this isn't just like a magical, I tap you with my wand and you're healed. This is, it's dirty. It's messy. It hurts. It's dark. It's cold. It's just not pleasant, but it's worth it. It's not you know? like, this is the actual work. Yeah. Th- this is the work of doing spiritual work. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> work is work. Right. So yeah. Yep. We love our butterflies, but, you know, we're not afraid of that tower card either. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a good lesson for a lot of people. And I should say, too, like, I mean, these are just the first two eclipses happening in Taurus and Scorpio. We actually did have an eclipse last year already in Taurus, but it was very partial. And so it was it was more like a preview of what this eclipse journey is going to be. This is the official start of the eclipses in Scorpio and Taurus. We're going to get another set of them uh, later on in Scorpio season, so October, November. And then we'll probably have a third set next year in Taurus season as well. I actually don't know the specific dates, but like this is an ongoing story. So this is just the start. Yeah. For better or for worse. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. But, you know, at, at some point, like when you're a certain age, we've all had eclipses in probably yeah. the whole part of our chart. So, you know, yeah. we've been here. We've done this. We can Damn. get through this. Yeah. Right. I was just going to say, like, I feel like with these eclipses that if it didn't hit you hard the first time, it's going to hit you hard now. So it's like deal with it <laughs> now. Right. And or again, deal it's with like, it as it comes. Yes. I mean, I think that's a great point, too. Like, for the eclipses that are coming in October, November, like, depending on what you go through right now and how you handle it, how you approach it, what happens later, like you're saying, Elena, is maybe that going to be that much easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Hope so. And now that you've given us the heads up, we have lots of time to get lots of chocolate and candy and whatever else we want to comfort ourselves. Ice cream. Yeah. Chips and dip. Cake, bread whatever. I mean, if you need to, but also like if you need emotional support, like great time to start therapy maybe, or reaching out to somebody that you know is a trusted source that you can feel comfortable doing those kinds of things with. And yeah. That was very mature of you. My brain went right to food. (laughs) I mean, fair, because it is still Taurus season. And I think that like sometimes that is an emotional salve, but 
they it comes in all different ways. So uh, true. We yeah. can approach it from yeah. multiple angles. Yes. I think the moral of the story is you're not on your own. It's just going to suck, but it's fine. Yeah. It'll be all right. But also like I, you know, Jekinovia, like last year, uh, well, before the nodes were in Scorpio and Taurus, they were in Gemini and Sagittarius. So they were going through mm-hmm. your first house, your ascendant sign. So like <gasps> you have just been through this right. and you have lived through it and you are okay and you are thriving. See? I'm so, here. Yeah. I'm here. You see? Yeah. I forgot all about that. I love that you know my chart inside and out, and I hardly—I know my top, th- my my main three. That's it. Yeah. That's as far as I've got. I can't help <laughs> it. I am that girl. <laughs> I love. I it. I just know I'm a Sagittarius, and yes, yes, so. yes, big time. All right, let's transition into our tarot topic for the month. You've probably seen it on the episode description, but we are talking about the lovers' death and judgment. Away, Elena. Yes, I'm gonna talk about the lovers first. I think we I guess we could just break it down, I, I guess, each card first. Yeah. Um, but so some of the key words for the lovers that I have um is duality, harmony, um, balance or balancing of feminine and masculine energies. Um and I know that um, when we see this card, a lot of people tie it to like soulmates and romance and love and partnerships. But I also think with this card, a big thing for me is it has to do with choices and where, and like a really big choice. Um, and yes, it could be who you're choosing as your lifetime partner or buying a house or this car- jumping into this sort of career, or going to school or finishing school and then starting a job. But it's that choice where, where is this choice? um going to take me like because when you make a choice you it's going to obviously create a change right um and then I also have the lovers is about commitment not only committing to your partner but also committing to what you're choosing to do. So like if you're choosing to go to school, you're going to be committed to that. If you're choosing this new job, you're going to be committed to that change. If you're choosing to go on a diet or cut out whatever from your diet or start on a new health trend, whatever, you have to be committed to that so that you could see that long-term success. So that changes it so that you're not going through all that change and that struggle for nothing. Um, And then also I feel like it is about connections and um, making an agreement. Like in the car, there's two people together and they're in front of this angel. And um, what I noticed is I've never really paid it too much attention to the imagery of this card. But when I was looking at it, the the man on the card is looking at at the female and then the female's looking up. So basically it's like she's looking at the spiritual side, whereas he's looking more at the physical aspect. So it seems like they are meeting or deliberating over a life-changing choice. And so that's why I feel like sometimes it's not always about love. I mean, it can be depending on whatever other cards are in your in your spread or in your reading. Um, but I just also feel like it's it's so it fits perfectly with the other cards that we're going to talk about, because it also is going to cause a lot of um, different change in your life and also really challenge you on how committed are you 
to what you really want. Um, and then also we talked about this coming up season, maybe talking about seeking um, professional advice. Maybe if this is you in a lover situation, maybe you might want to seek uh, um, advice on buying this house, getting married, whatever this big choice is, or um, this career change, um, or whatever it is that you um, need help with in that transition to help you make that better choice for yourself. Um, just know that you want to look ahead and look at your future is, will this bring me more joy and harmony or will this bring me more challenges? I love what you said about being committed to the choice that you make, because that's such a, I mean, yes, like you said, the lover's card can be about relationships and romance, but despite the name, the lovers, it really always isn't. And I think that being committed to a Mm -hmm. choice is like, I mean, being committed to a partner, but instead being committed to the choice that you make. Like, I don't know. I just love that wording. Thank you. And just being committed to yourself too, and loving yourself. And I'm glad we're looking at these three cards today because they're honestly three kind of difficult cards, like that sometimes people don't want to look at or don't want to get or think that they're scary. Um, Even judgment can be a little uh, intimidating to some people because, and I think too, with the lovers, um, people see this and then they're like, well, I'm asking about careers. What the hell does this have to do with? What (laughs) does love have to do with my job? You know, but it, it does. It does tie into because it depends on like, are you making this uh, career choice just for the money, but you might have to deal with sucky as work environment or shitty ass people? Or do you really want to do this because you want to express something about yourself in a career or you want to branch out or you want to see if there's a job opportunity where you can grow or are you just doing this for the money and for the, you know, it's so there's different ways to look at this yeah. card, I think. Which, you know, I mean, even if that is like, if you're making a choice about a career and it's like, it really is just about the money because that's what I need in this moment in life. It's like, okay, again, be committed to that choice. Make sure that that choice is what's actually aligning with what you need in this moment. Yeah. That was something I had. I mean, choices is definitely a huge thing for me when I see the lover's card, but it's like, and I was thinking about choices where like, maybe we're thinking about, you know, we want to do all of these different things. I can't help but think of the lover's connection with Gemini and wanting, you know, both and and all the options and going in different directions. And sometimes maybe that's okay, but also maybe the lover's is showing up to be like, you need to make a choice and go in a direction and commit to that path. But no matter what you choose, one path, multiple paths, it's like, just make sure that that's what's really in alignment with what you need in this moment. And then honestly, nothing else really matters because you're making the choice that's fully right for you, right? Yeah. I love the commitment, the whole aspect of the commitment thing to it. Um, See, I, when I look at the lovers, it might just be because I get, I don't like doing relationship readings. I don't like doing love readings and I've made, that's definitely not a secret. Yeah. And so I almost like, Hmm. I try to find different meaning to it with you know, has no attachment to any relationship thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I see the lovers, like what I see is um, it's like, it's a signal that we're infatuated with something, whether that's healthy or not, we have to, you know, figure that out ourselves. So this can be a person, a project, an idea, kind of like a goal or a job, whatever. Um, And when you're infatuated with something, you've got on these rose colored glasses, Mm. so you can only see the best in it. You're, You're not looking at it 
with discernment, you're seeing only the good bits and you're just kind of, it's like a new relationship. It's like, you're only seeing all the best of this person and they're the best thing that ever happened to you. Right. Yep. Um, So like you're excited and you're energized and like, you might even be lusting after whatever this thing is, but uh, like, it's all you can think about. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a, a signal that, okay, just I get it. You're excited. You're happy, but slow down, pump the brakes. Let's have a better look at this. And that's why, and I think that might be why for me, I kept for some reason switching the death and judgment card. So I keep feeling like judgment belongs after the lovers. And I think that's, it's just so weird. That's how my brain works. Yeah. That's where, that's what I got with the lovers. I like that you mentioned that too, about the rose colored glasses, because if there's a mountain here in the lovers card too, and clouds, so it's, that's a good Mm -hmm. symbol to remember that Yes, all these things are pretty and shiny, but don't get distracted. There's still cloudiness. There's still like a mountain. There's still something there that you need to pay attention to. It's not all just unicorns and roses and bright, shiny colors and shit. Yeah. And uh, there was something else you said in there. Well, it just, it made me think about being curious and how I also, I think there's like a curiosity or a a quality of curiosity Mm -hmm. or a call to be curious when the lovers comes up of like maybe, oh, the, the idea that like, oh, this is the end all be all. This is the most wonderful thing that's ever happened. But it's like, you don't actually have all the details yet. Like you see what you want to see in this moment, but like, let's get some nitty gritty. Let's get some details on this. Let's get curious. Let's find all the facts and yeah. Dig a little deeper maybe. And I think that's why it's, I like that it's tied to Gemini because Gemini it reminds me of that. Like yeah. they need the details. They need the nitty gritty before they commit to something or decide on something. Or they just yeah. want to know things in general. Like I find Gemini just to, to know just them. be like generally curious. And so maybe the lovers is also just like a, like why not open up to other things? Like you might yeah. think that you know it one way, but like there's a zillion other different things and, uh, points of view that you could take on it yeah it's it's almost the this visual thing that I keep getting in my brain is like you meet this great person and you're you know you think you're falling for them and then you send Jasmine their birth chart (laughs) 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 you know that's (laughs) that's the best example I can come up with hey I'm here for it (laughs) send that birth chart (laughs) (laughs) yeah But that's, I mean, and I also think there's something within the lovers. I kind of had this in my notes for the cards all together, because I think that each of these cards kind of reflects something back to us. But there's Mm -hmm. something about the lovers reflecting whatever we are seeing through those rose colored glasses, like that is somewhere within us. And that's how we're able to see it, I think. So we have to also remember that we contain that. And we can give that to ourselves. Yes. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we move on to death then? Yes, let's do it. Scorpio death. I like this card. It's actually one of my favorite cards in... (laughs) in the deck. Um, and I, again, I like that we're talking about this card because a lot of people may fear it or think that it's actually tied to death, but it's not necessarily tied to death. But, um, some of the keywords that I have is changes, um, transitioning or transforming, um, endings, and then new beginnings or getting a fresh start. 
um, relocating or getting a new job or travel, just something new um, or a birth um, or birthing something new, leaving something behind or just being in recovery, like after being really sick or maybe dealing with like a battle of addiction or something, but just being in recovery and if your physical body um, and then just reoccurring cycles uh, mm. or just patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then when I look at the, at the death card or when I was looking at the death card, I do see, I feel like this card is another card of big change and a card that forces you to look at the things that truly really need to be shed away from your life and really saying goodbye or RIP to that version of yourself that, you know, deep in your soul, you have to let it go. And you may not even have to be about you, about yourself. It could just be about the people in your life, the relationship that you're in, um, or the friendships that you're in, the family that you're surrounding yourself with, the job that you have. Um, maybe it's a school or a course or something you thought you wanted to do, but now you're kind of thinking this is it for me. Whatever it is, it could be, you know, a health thing, um, a mental health thing, but you know that it's time. I need to shift the way I'm doing things. I need to change my life and get my shit together because this is starting to affect my life and I can't live the way that I want to live. So I feel like it's, it's a big, this card signifies like a big change and it's going to get uncomfortable. But in the end, like death is an, it's inevitable. Like it's something that we have to go through. It's a, it's part of life. So I feel like, again, it goes back to this choice and then this change because this ending has to happen. Um, and it has to happen for a reason, right? Like sometimes if we don't make a choice, the universe will force us and just put you in a place where you don't want to be. So it's better to just put yourself in the place that you want to be um, before that happens. Um, And, you know, when you're thinking about this choice, you're not going to just think about things and just make a choice. You're going to have a plan, right? You're going to have something in motion, like something that you're thinking about how you're going to achieve this plan. And you have to draw in that inner courage, that strength, maybe get some advice from people who've already done what you've done or have been through a lot of trauma or whatever it is that they've gone through that can help you get through it um, so that you don't have to do it all by yourself. Because I think a lot of the time people think that, oh, I'm going to be doing this all by myself. I'm, I'm changing. I'm becoming this person. And other people are going to think that um, I don't want to like, whatever, like you're moving away from other people and you, you, you feel afraid to upset others is Mm. like, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to choose yourself and remind yourself that these changes and these shifts are necessary for your personal growth. And then I never really paid attention to the people at the bottom of the card, but the person on the very bottom right corner, that's looking away, um, reminds me of like it, sometimes this is where we resist change, where we resist like looking away at our problems and looking away at the things that we are like, oh, I know I need to do that, but whatever, I'm going to do that later. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, like, like for, for example, for me, like with my focus issues, I know that I need to get back on my vitamin routine and my vitamin um, regime that I used to be on. And the death card came up for me as my big uh, theme for the year. And yes, this is a lot of changes that I'm making within myself. For me, I'm making a lot of physical changes for myself. Like I've stopped drinking so much Starbucks. I've limited myself to just one cup of coffee 
to two a day versus when I would have three to four and I'm only buying, I'm only, I'm not buying coffee outside. I'm only sticking to home coffee. Like I'm not making big changes where I'm overwhelming myself, but I'm making small changes. And people that really know me know that I hate water, period. I I love to (laughs) swim in it and be around in it, but I don't like to drink it. And I've been drinking a lot more. I've been drinking eight to 12 ounces a day. And that's little for a lot of everyone. But for me, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I'm drinking the water, I can feel my body craving it. So I've been listening a lot to my body this year and um, trying to stay away from fast food and stay away from junk food. I mean, today, I guess I did just eat some Kit Kats before we started recording, but <laughs> sometimes it's okay. Like you have to give yourself to also in moderation like we talked yeah. about temperance last episode. Um, but death to this death card to me, it's exciting because it gives, it's a challenge. It's a, 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 a time for you to let go of something bad, something not, I guess not necessarily bad, but so that you can make a fresh start and make way for something new, because then you start to realize who you are or you lost sight of who you were. And then you're bringing back old parts of yourself and then you start to feel good again. And then you're like, okay, well now, well, what else is next? So then the unknown doesn't seem so scary. And then it just makes it so much easier when you're going through that transition. That was beautiful. That's powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and the little changes that you're talking about, I think that is for me, that's more death card. Like, the little changes that take a long time for me, like the death card is more the kind of change that you take control of. Whereas like the tower is probably a huge change that you don't really control. Like, I mean, as much as we can control anything in this life, but like for me, when the tower comes up, it's like, okay, something's coming. Just like, hang on and deal with it. But for death, it's like, I can, I can control this and I can handle it and I can make the choices as I move forward. So little changes, sure. But taking, taking like a long time to, you know, fully integrate, I guess. I think there's also the reality that it's those little changes, but by making those little changes, when you get to the other side of it and look back, it's a huge transformation. It's huge. But that yeah. transformation would not have happened unless you made those tiny little changes to start yeah. with. So it's it's, you know, don't don't underestimate the the power of, you know, something very minute. When when I think of death energy, all I can think of is this I, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or if it's just something I came up with at some point in my life. So if you if it is a source from somewhere, please definitely let me know. But um, death is like the greatest motivator to just live your life mm, mm-hmm. because you knowing that your time is finite, you're more motivated to make the best of that time rather than, you know, because if you had unlimited time, then why bother, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So there's, there's that, and you know, I'm not saying that like in a physical sense, it's just like, you, you know, you only have so much time to make some changes. You only have so much time to make a choice or a decision that's been really important to you or weighing on your mind. So like make that choice and, and be ready to just accept what comes from it. Once a choice is made, it's made, it's done, move on. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of the gist of what I had for death card. I love that. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty true, right? Like when you really think about it in that reality, I mean, yeah. 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 But it's, I mean, yeah, death doesn't always, of course, represent like an actual physical death in our lives. I think for me, the death card always makes me think of a quote from Twin Peaks. It's one of my favorite quotes ever that death is just a change, not an end. 
even in the physical sense, like it's not really an end. It's just our bodies changing from one thing to the next. Right. And I think that I said this before, sometimes we really do genuinely say goodbye to things, but that energy or that memory forever kind of lives in us in some way. Um, And sometimes we use the stuff that we no longer really need, but kind of as a foundation to build upon other things, like whether or not it's like, I'm going to remember that because I don't want to make that same mistake again in the future or or whatever it might be. But I just think it's important to remember that with death, it's like, yeah, just that change. Like it is not an ending and it comes in the middle of the major arcana. And so I think that's really important. Like it's, it's really not the ending of anything. I think with death, changes too, like, okay, the small changes, but they're happening really internally, I think, before you yourself notice or anybody outside notices. And I think that's part of how it's connected with Scorpio because it is a very internal kind of quiet time. Like, I don't know that when you're first entering maybe like a death energy, you're not really chatting about it a lot. Like, because so much is going on within you, it's a very intimate, private kind of thing that's happening. And eventually I think you do talk about it just as Elena was sharing some experiences, but not all the time and you don't have to. Um, Yeah. And I, I think the key thing there too is you talk about it once you're done. Yeah. Like you talk about it with the experience yeah. once you've completed it, but it's sure. not something somebody else can do for you. Of course, you can have people support you through it. Yes. But you have to do it. My my final thing here is that because I know you guys related like the chariot to cancer and temperance to Sagittarius. And I think for me, the the big thing with like Scorpio and death is I think there's actually a lesson for Scorpio energy within the death card because Scorpio energy is fixed water. So like consistency, being constant, doing the same thing, routines, hanging on to stuff like change is not really something that Scorpio energy is super here for. And I think like when I was really kind of like meditating on this, I was like, okay, I think maybe there's some fear around change with Scorpio energy because it like makes us look like we're not as reliable or as enduring as we think we are or that it's like some kind of like people think that um, they won't be able to have that loyal like that our loyalty for some reason isn't as good because we're making a change. Like if that makes sense, like loyalty and trust are so important to that Scorpio archetype Mm. as is being reliable. And it's like, if you change, well, what does that look like to somebody else? Like if I change, it means what, what, what does that mean about who I was yesterday? Like I wasn't sure of that. And now I'm making this change. Now I look flaky, like, except Change is part of human evolution, and it's, like, the only thing that's constant. So I think Scorpio energy can learn that it's really okay for us to make changes. Okay, fellow Scorpios, it's really okay. And I think once we do, like, when we do make changes, we're, like, transformative as fuck. Thank you so much. But, like, it takes us a bit to get (laughs) there. (laughs) So, yeah, I think there's a good lesson in there for us. Yeah. Wow. I never really looked at it like that. Neither did I until I was like, what really is the connection? Because there's the, the okay, yeah, Scorpio energy. It's happening at a particular time of year, at least in the Northern Hemisphere where, you know, the Western Zodiac was created. Like, leaves are falling. We're going into the season, like a quieter season. Things are dying off. So, like, it connects in that way. But on a deeper level, yeah, that's kind of what came to me. So, fellow Scorpios or people with a lot of Scorpio energy, let me know what you think about that. Would love to know. I have a follow-up question about Scorpio's death 
associations. Yeah. When I think of Scorpio energy, mainly because you're the main Scorpio I know, but it's like this lack of fear of looking into the unknown. So that's why that that really surprised me when you came up with that other interpretation, because it's like exact opposite, because um, appearance, like looking in on a Scorpio is like nothing will, you know, nothing faces them. They can handle whatever. That's so, so sweet. That's really interesting. That's nice. I think we like to think of ourselves in that way for sure. <laughs> and I think we're okay going through the, like, the muck of stuff. Like, yeah. come yes. come walk through the swamp with us. We're going to be okay. We can guide you. But I just, I yeah, I think there's something about, yeah, that change energy that maybe maybe we just feel like it's it's too flaky or something. I don't know. But yeah so interesting well let's uh let's talk about judgment then i like that we're heading into judgment after we were talking about being committed to changes and changing aspects of our life because we and like you said we worry about what others think and if we're being flaky that we keep changing things about ourselves. but Honestly, who the fuck cares what others think about what we're doing? Because we're not here to live our lives for them. We're not here to make changes for them. We're here to make changes for ourselves because we're here to to grow and learn and experience. So that's why I think it's perfect that we're talking about judgment. Um, because I think when we see this card, we think, oh, judge people. Others are judging us. Judgment from others. But the keywords that I have is like, evaluating and evaluating your current path and evaluating things about yourself. So evaluation, a new gained perspective, um, following a new call or a new direction, or just following the change, um, recognizing growth in your own journey um, and facing your shadows or just facing fear, facing your own inner critic. Um, Mm. So, with the judge, with the judgment card, I look at this um, the big angel, which is like the call or the sign that that's your main focus. Whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that you are so worried about, like that's the main thing in the card for me. And you are being called to change that part of yourself, or to make a choice, or leave something behind. So this card makes me think that we no longer. Um, like makes you want to think about what is it that I don't need anymore? What is it that I no longer need? Or what is it that I'm saying to myself right now about wanting to change and wanting to do better that's preventing me from actually taking those steps? Like, why am I being so judgmental? Or why do I care about what others what others think? And I think that's why this card does get mixed up with being judged by others. But it really should be a call to focus on ourself instead of like, all these people here in the card at the bottom where we tend to think um, those could be like um, our distractions are uh, like when we're trying to follow this call, we're worried about what others are are um, going to think. But it's really just focusing on the shit that we have going on. And um, this card doesn't always have to mean like a big change um, or making a big decision. It could just be as simple as seeing something on social media that triggers you to, oh, I've been wanting to get into uh, learning astrology and I see this post about astrology. Maybe I'm going to go ahead and start changing my way of that. Or um, like with me, I, I keep seeing 
like things about candles and candle making. Okay, finally, I'm going to start getting into that. So I think that whatever uh, it is and or whatever it is that you've been contemplating on learning or or stepping into in a new path, it's just making the best judgment on what's like best for you on the little things, like the little things of everyday life. Um, it's making those like what's best for you and not worrying about like the outside, what others have to say. Yeah. Sorry. I got lost there. No, it's (laughs) like more about like, forget about the, whether it's external validation or criticism, like what are you saying internally? Yeah. To me, honestly, judgment feels more like death than the death card. And again, not like a physical death, but more like fully getting rid of whatever part of your ego is standing in the way, finally. And that feels like a bigger symbolic death than anything within the actual death card. Whenever I see it, I'm like, okay, there's some sort of understanding or acceptance or possibly forgiveness that might be needed. But again, I also see it very internally. And that doesn't mean that it can't come up in terms of somebody external. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe you are, maybe you're feeling really judgmental about somebody else too. And this card comes up and is like, you need to check yourself on this. Like, why are you having this very particular stance, this, you know, really staunch position? Can it be loosened? If it can't, it can't, but can it be, can you see it through a different lens? Can you offer somebody else the acceptance and understanding? But yeah, this really like it's it's the second last card, right? You know, next thing we're going to hit mm. the world, the end of the journey. So it kind of feels like that final awakening, that final moment of reckoning. Yeah, no, I agree. When judgment follows death, because as I mentioned before, I keep switching it in my head, but when it <laughs> follows death, kind of the meaning to me is it's more like discernment. Yeah, but more perspective. So after you've gone through this change, after yeah. you finally let all that shit go, you've, you've committed to it, you're moving on. How has your perspective changed? How has your mindset changed? What else has changed in your life? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What other changes need to happen? Like, did I really let that go? Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it, it's reflection, I guess would be the best way to say it. But that's kind of the, the vibe I get from it when it follows that death card. Yeah. I can dig that for sure. I feel like there's only, I think maybe I've been in like mini judgment energy plenty of times, but for me, the the a thing that came up for me when I was looking at these cards was at one point in my life, I used to be really, um, really against being vegan or anybody that was vegan. And I used to like make fun of people and like be very not nice about it. And I was like, these people are crazy. (laughs) And I have been vegan for like 10 plus years at this point. And it was like, I hit this moment where I was like, oh, this is all coming from inside of me and my own issues and my own Mm. shit. And this has nothing to do with these people or veganism itself, but it's like all this shit that I'm holding on to. And once I finally saw that and I finally had that awakening to that, all that judgment fell away and I stopped eating anything that's not plants. Like it's just, it was a wild transition that happened. And then I feel like I did go into like the world energy of just like looking back and being like, wow, that is a whole path that is like done now. Yeah. 
a cycle that's complete, yeah. but something that now you can apply that lesson though in other areas of your life, you know, oh, when, sure. when you get those familiar feelings. So it just yeah. helps with, again, that death card, that cycle is coming wow. back over and over. Yeah. That was an excellent example. Oh, good. I'm glad I shared it then. I'm glad it made yeah. sense. Cause it like, I mean, I don't know. It came to me very early on and I was like, I don't know though. Like <laughs> this is weird, but anyway, yeah. Well, like the thing is, is that just goes with everybody's going to see themselves in the cards. And that's the experience that you've Mm, had personally that you learned from that you see in that card. So that's, it's going to shape how you read it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, do we have any notes about all three cards together or like anything we noticed about all three cards? I've got a few things, but. I've got a couple, but let's hear what you've got first. Yeah, go for it. I don't have much. I feel like. They all tie in to ultimately what's best for us and listening to ourself. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Um, Well, first thing I noticed was that there's kind of like an angel or like a higher power in all three of the cards, which I thought I'd never really thought about before. So, you know, I think you mentioned this in the lover's card, Elena, but like seeking maybe somebody else's opinion like I think you had mentioned it in terms of like relationships like seeking up maybe a third party but maybe all of those cards call for that in a certain way and it, it might even just be your higher self like it doesn't have to be an actual external person but right or a marriage counselor it, yeah. a couples counselor a therapist yeah. or whatever and I try not to talk so much about like the angels in the cards because I know a lot of people don't right. like go and believe into angels or believe into like the biblical part of it but um it's just something to look up to if you feel called to like just look it up and see if that meaning means anything to you and if it really resonates cool and if not then it's not for you but I just think that when there's an angel in a card it's just like a a spiritual something that has to do with your spiritual growth or like your higher power calling you um, to pay attention to something that's really important for your soul growth yes yeah 100% makes perfect sense Um, And then I kind of mentioned this already with the lovers, but I thought each card kind of spoke to the idea of something being reflected back at us. So with the lovers kind of reflecting that beauty back at us, whether it's external or internal, I think death can in some, in some card pulls, depending on maybe where it is in a spread or where you're at in a particular journey, like reflect back to us how we've grown and changed. And then with judgment, I think it kind of reflects beliefs back at us. Again, whether it's cringy or not, like (laughs) you might be in a cringe judgment (laughs) moment and you might be in like a more accepting judgment moment, but it's reflecting those like beliefs and points of view back at you, I think. Yeah. And then there felt like a really, I mean, all tarot cards kind of hold this obviously because we can all apply, like they can all become so subjective and apply to our lives so effortlessly in a way but like there there felt like there was something really like oneness and like universal about like craving connection within the lovers facing change in death and then seeking acceptance like those feel like very uh in judgment I should say those feel like very basic like human things if that makes sense like yes yeah, yeah. yes um and then my last thing was I thought that each card represented a kind of choice Uh, With the lovers, Mm -hmm. a choice to learn more or to seek things out 
with death, a choice to move on or let go, and with judgment, a choice to live and let live. I like that. I love that. Thank you. When I was putting these three cards together, like as a trio, all I could think of is like, this is a repeating cycle. I think that we all go through on a regular basis. Like this can be like on a daily basis. These are cycles that we're going through to different degrees. Sometimes it feels big. Sometimes it's just life. But I think the main thing to me, the lesson that I'm pulling from it, because like I said, I kept trying to switch death and judgment, (laughs) is that these things, cycles don't always happen in the exact same order every time. Yeah. Right. So like we have to be kind of open to just taking it as we, as we will, as it comes to us and making it work for us and making these choices and decisions and committing to, you know, the outcome that we've chosen. Um, like, with, yeah. for, like when the judgment follows the lover's card, for instance, like it's almost that time when the rose, co- rose colored glasses just fall off and like reality starts poking Ooh. through the scenes and we start to question everything. Um, and it's at that point, we have to get through that before we can make that decision into the death card to say, yes, this is either yes, working for me or no, it's not, I'm moving on. And then you almost have the judgment card again after that, when you're doing that reflection and, you know, and this this discernment, because we're coming back from like the lovers and the death. And those are two very extreme, extreme, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. So it's almost like that judgment is, is that process of coming down, crashing from that high of the lover's into that low of the death card hmm. so it's like that free fall so you're having that trust and and you've you know you've got all that time as you're falling to think <laughs> to think about where where did I go wrong yeah um, so yeah so the three together I just feel like they're all interchangeable at different points here and there and you can kind of you know one step forward two steps back and you're bouncing between them I don't know why, but I got like the image of a bridge as you were talking, like each of them is kind of bridging to the next in a way yeah. or like, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Nice. That was a lot. Oh, yeah. good. It's so juicy. Yeah. I like doing these. This I, I'm really glad you came up with this because I'm loving pairing these cards, these trios together. It's fun to look at them like this. Yeah. Me too. And look at all the images and revisit the symbols yes. and see yeah. what I missed. Well, and I'm sure we missed some stuff too. So, I mean, listeners, what do you think about these three cards together? Or what do you think about them individually? Like, you know, obviously there's going to be a post on Instagram. Let us know. We'll also be talking about it, I think, on our Discord channel. Like, we've got a special little channel where we can talk about each of the episodes individually. So you can come and join us there through our Patreon. um, And we'll, we'll chat more about them there. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, I guess we're going to head into our recommendations and things we love section for the month. So, Jackanovia, what have you got? Okay. All right. So this month, I'm sure, I think... You both follow her on Instagram, but um, spiritual, um, she does like, you know, body care products and things like that. Her name is Elise and her Instagram handle is Hello Spiritual Co. She ships to Canada. I was so excited. I was, (laughs) I I was so excited to place that order. And so I got her eczema cream, which, okay, this isn't my recommendation, but amazing. I have never used a product that works so well and it's been on myself, my kids, such nice. A, if, if you have eczema or even just dry skin, 
just go. Don't don't wait. Don't delay. Go get it because it is so good. Oh, wow. Amazing. Oh, uh, I love that. And it smells, it just smells good too. Which leads me into my actual recommendation. I treated myself to this, it's pear and poppy seed soap that she makes. Okay? And I was like, I was like, that that's going to be nice. And when I got it, like, I haven't even used it because it's actually sitting on the shelf in my office because it makes my office smell so good and I don't want to use it. Oh, I love I that. I don't want to lose that smell. I so, know exactly what oh, you're talking about. Oh my God. It's, oh. So anyway, that's my recommendation. Go over there. And I mean, it doesn't have to be the pear and poppy seed. You can get whatever kind of soap you want. <laughs> but yes, I would highly recommend. Oh, I like literally would never have thought of that combination, but that sounds awesome. Right? Yeah. Right? And it's such this really beautiful mint green color. Like, I mean, not that Ooh. that matters in a soap. It doesn't matter what color it is, but <laughs> it's really pretty too. I kind of love the idea that you've, I mean, I don't know if you have it on an altar, but the idea that you could just get this soap that smells beautiful and just use it as like decor totally or like is. altar or like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's right up on my shelf beside like all my essential oils and my little candles and my flowers. Yeah, I love it's, that. it's there. <laughs> nice. Well, we'll have that in the show notes uh, for sure. So we'll link to that. Yeah. My recommendation this month, I'm actually surprised I didn't do this the first month, but it's television shows. So, you know, there you go. If you're playing a drinking game with me, you can drink now. (laughs) Uh, I've got two different shows to recommend. The first is Severance. It might be wrapped up by the time this episode drops, but it's an Apple TV show. And I'll just say the basic premise is This group of people work at this company where they've undergone a procedure that has separated their memories. So they have a work life and a home life, and they do not know what goes on. Like when you're at work, you have no idea what your outside life is like. And when you're uh, at home, you have no idea what you've done at work. It's a really, really interesting look at consciousness and what that means and what makes us human and all that kind of stuff. So highly recommend that. And then the second show is called Russian Doll. There's already been one season of that a couple of years ago. The second season just dropped before this episode came out. So I obviously haven't seen the second season yet, but I just rewatched the first one. And it is so fantastic. I mean, it's a little sci-fi. It deals with like time loops and stuff like that. But it's also really about not doing it alone and not feeling like you are alone and having... Um, just the beauty of even like strangers that can give you love or like just the idea that we're not meant to do this alone and we can rely on other people. Um, But it's like, you know, Groundhog Day on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. And it's really (laughs) great. So those are my two recs. Uh, And if you're watching, definitely hit me up on Instagram because I love to talk about TV. So that's what I've got. What about you, Elena? I love that you mentioned soaps, Jackanovia, because I've been like bugging my best friend um, here that I I live close with um, about her sister soaps because her sister makes soaps too. And she has an Instagram. Um, I don't uh, know if she's shipping yet. I think she's just starting, but I've been using her sister soaps. And I think she goes by Beto's underscore soaps on Instagram. I've been using her soaps straight for a, about a little over a year. And um 
I recently just ran out and um, she hasn't, I haven't been able to get some more and I've had to just try whatever soap I've had in, in the cu- cabinet. And it's just not the same. It is just, and I've been complaining and complaining, like I really need to go get some more. So yeah, that's been my go-to like soap. Um, it's just, she makes all different kinds and they leave my skin so soft and they, my skin smells so good. Even after, um, since I started using that soap, I've been getting a lot of compliments on my skin that it's always really soft. And I think what started it is she wanted to have something more natural and like for skin concerns for her family. And then it just went into making soaps. So I I like that we both are on the same page for that. That's amazing. Um, We're getting clean for Taurus season. <laughs> yeah, we're getting hella clean. Hella we're get, clean. getting clean for Jesus. We're getting clean for Taurus season. <laughs> Who, I mean, Jesus don't give a shit if we're clean anyways. I mean, he's wearing robes and some dreads. So it's he all good. He walks around with no shoes. Like how you should be. So. He, right? He's, he oh just walks around with a robe. Yeah. That's it. He doesn't give a shit if we're clean, y'all. <laughs> amazing well we'll link both of those uh, instagram accounts for sure so everyone can check them out check them out yes please well that's that's all for this month i mean i don't know if you guys have anything going on or coming up that you want to let listeners know about Nothing really coming up. I mean, you know, by the time this um, season or this episode airs, you know, my tarot scopes for Taurus season will be out. So just check those out on my website. I'm trying to get my website more put together now so that uh, people are able to just book through the website so that I don't have to go back and forth on Instagram DMs because sometimes I can get I can get those lost and mixed up or Mm -hmm. I'll forget to um, respond back. But if you book through the website, it automatically puts it on the calendar and it sends me notifications and then you get a notification and I've tested it recently and booked a client that way. So it just works that nice. way. So just Excellent. little tiny new little steps towards trying to really awesome. um, get my tarot um, readings going. So yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Nothing coming up for me. Just more of the same. Hopefully but maybe some uh, outdoor photos eventually i know absolutely still have snow right now as we record this but hopefully yes by the time yes. the episode as of, comes out as we'll of have, this morning yeah as of this morning we tapped a whole bunch of maple trees mm, so upon maple exciting. syrup by this time that is so yes. cool. month. <laughs> amazing so maybe we'll get some some pictures or little videos of that or something but for sure yeah how about you, Jasmine? What's coming up? Um, I mean, you can always check me out over on my other podcast, Damn Fine TV. I am working on putting together a newsletter. I think I'm going to do like some astro updates on a newsletter. You know, as much as I talked about at the top of the episode, like I'm putting out stuff on Instagram and I don't care if anybody reads it or likes it or whatever, but like <laughs> I'd rather cultivate a community of people that actually want the information and actually want to mm-hmm. engage with that kind of stuff. So I might already have put out the little sign up form at this point, but you can just check out my Instagram because all the information will be there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I started putting it together and just little updates. Maybe talk about the new and full moon every month. I haven't quite decided. It's kind of an experiment, so that's we'll see fun. what happens. But that's exciting. Yeah. So if someone was previously signed up to your newsletter, do they have to re-sign up? Is this a fresh? Yeah, I'm gonna just start okay. fresh because I didn't want to do a whole thing of like 
oh, feel free to unsubscribe if you want. I just, I wanted a whole fresh thing. So yeah, it's a totally new thing. Excellent. Just in case, because I'm sure a lot of our lovely listeners need to know that they need to re-sign up. Yeah, definitely a new account for that one. So yeah. So fun. And you can also come and hang out with us. We've mentioned it before, but you can hang out with us on our Patreon. Uh, Patrons are getting early access to episodes. They're getting early access Mm -hmm. to those um, keyword graphics that we put out on Instagram. But like listener or patrons get those like about a week early, kind of right along with the episode. And we mentioned our Discord channel. We're chatting there about like tarot, astrology, all the stuff that we talk about on the show. But, you know, in more depth and real time. Yeah. More intimate kind of conversations over there. So, and of course you're going to get an amazing one card reading from Elena for signing up. So there's that too. And yeah, all kinds of good things. Yeah. And everything will be in the show notes. So you can just check it out there. And thanks to everyone that's commented and said that they like the new format. That's really exciting. We hope you're loving it. Like we're, I think we're having a good time so far. It seems to be, we're flowing with it, so. Mm-hmm. It's always a party. Yeah. With lots of curse words. It's a convention. <laughs> it's a convention. Every it time. is a convention. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, but that said, yep. if you have any suggestions for upcoming shows or any kind of feedback, we'd love to hear it. Let us know. Get in touch. And Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening. We will see you in the next one, May. That's the next month. In May. Yeah. Wow. Gemini season. That's right. That'll yeah. be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.